0: And an three scream, shrieking for the bride of Ockram Hall. It was so loud that the holly in the green boughs over the great chimney shook and waved, as if a cool breeze were blowing over them. The men turned very pale. Many of them set down their glasses, but others let them fall upon the floor. Looking into one another's faces, they saw that they were all smiling strangely. A dead smile. Like, Dead, Sir Hughes. The fear of death was suddenly upon them all, so that they fled in a panic, falling over one another like wild beasts in the burning forest when the thick smoke runs along before the flame. Tables were overturned, drinking glasses and bottles were broken in heaps, and a dark red wine crawled like blood upon the polished floor. Sir Gabriel and Evelyn were left standing alone at the head of the table before the wreck of their feast, not daring to turn to look at one another. each knew that the other smiled, but Gabriel's right arm held her and his left hand clasped her tight as they stared before them. But for the shadows of her hair one might not have told their two faces apart. They listened long, but the cry came not again, and eventually the dead smile faded from their lips as they remembered that Sir Hugh Oakram lay in the north vault, smiling in his winding sheet in the dark, because he had dined with his secret. So ended the tenants' New Year's dinner. But from that time on, Sir Gabriel drew more and more silent, and his face grew even paler and thinner than before. Often without warning and without words, he would rise from his seat as if something moved him against his will. He would go out into the rain or the sunshine to the north side of the chapel, sit on the stone bench and stare at the ground as if he could see through it. Through the vault below, and through the white winding sheet in the dark, to the dead smile that would not die. Always when he went out that way, Evelyn would come out presently and sit beside him. Once as in the past, their beautiful faces came suddenly near, their lids drooped, and their red lips were almost joined together. But as their eyes met, they grew wide and wild, so that the white showed in a little ring all round the deep violet. Their teeth chattered and their hands were like the hands of corpses for fear of what was under their feet, and of what they knew, but could not see. Once Evelyn found Sir Gabriel in the chapel alone, standing before the iron door that led down to the place of death, with the key to the door in his hand, but he had not put it into the lock. Evelyn drew him away, shivering, for she had also been driven, in waking dreams, to see that terrible thing again, and to find out whether it had changed since it had been laid there. I'm going mad, said Sir Gabriel, covering his eyes with his hand as he went with her. I see it when I'm awake. It draws me to it day and night, and unless I see it, I shall die. I know, answered Evelyn. I know. It is as if, Threads were spun from it like a spider's, drawing us down to it. She was silent for a moment, and then she started violently and grasped his arm with a man's strength, and almost screamed the words she spoke. But we must not go there, she cried. We must not go. Sir Gabriel's eyes were half shut, and he was not moved by the agony of her face. I shall die unless I see it again, he said in a quiet voice not like his own, and all that day and that evening he scarcely spoke, thinking of it, always thinking, while Evelyn Warburton quivered from head to foot with a terror she had never known. One gray winter's morning she went alone to Nurse MacDonald's room in the tower and sat down beside the great leather easy chair, laying her thin white hand upon the withered fingers. Nurse, she said, what was it that Uncle Hugh should have told you that night before he died?